morning, Radiate! Come on, make some noise in the house. Man, we are in church. I know it's rainy. I know it's nasty outside, but you made it today. Come on, somebody. That's more than some people can say. And if you're online, we are so glad that you're here. You are dry. You are with us. You are just a part, just as much a part of the family today. We're so glad to have each and every person in the room and online with us today. We've been in this series for the past several weeks called This Is Still your year. Look at somebody and tell them this is still your year. Tell somebody at home on your couch, tell them this is still still your year. Because here's the truth. I want to say this every week, and I want everybody to grab this. Your year is not over. 2020 is not wasted. Your destiny is not finished, and his promises have not been, uh, uh, I don't know, just evaporated. I don't know what word it is, but they are still here. God is still faithful. God is still good. God is still going to use every single thing that we have ever accomplished or encountered, and he's going to accomplish it for his good. Romans 8, 28, all things, good and bad, work together. And so I just want you to know this is still your year. The Bible tells me God finishes what he starts. Come on. God finishes what he starts. And so if he started something in you, and I know he has because you got breath in your lungs and you got blood in your body, you got something in you that God has started. He's going to see it to fruition. He's going to see it to finish. So if you're taking notes today in, in person or online, I want to encourage you to title it this, Living Inside the Box. Living Inside the Box. I'm actually going to lean in today. I'm going to lean into a thought that I've actually mentioned several times in messages and talked about, but it's, it's a season that where I feel like if we're going to get the most out of 2020, if we're going to get the most out of our lives, we have to learn to live inside of the box. I got something I want to start with today, though. Does anybody know why a skeleton can't play church music? You know why a skeleton can't play church music? He's got no organs. You get it? Organs? I told you I had a good one, LJ. I told you our fantasy, our fantasy football guru over here told him I had a good one. You're welcome for that. You go use it. Just don't tell him you got it from me. Um, so, you know, as having a two-year-old, I like to tell y'all about my family a lot because um, kids are walking uh, biblical sermon illustrations. That's just the way it is. And um, and my two-year-old is full of energy, y'all. I'm talking like he runs in circles until he passes out on the floor somewhere. Energy. Anybody got kids like that or had kids like that or grandkids? You know what I'm talking about then. Like, it is insane. I don't even know how I've survived two years of his energy. It's been crazy, uh, but it's a blessing. And he is the kind, so you know when you have kids or grandkids, you go do what you need to do to get them the toys they want, right? You go spend the money, you go do what you got to do. Here's the thing, my son, my, my two-year-old, either they've been handed down or they've been brand new, but he's got a lot of toys. And we've spent a lot of money on a lot of toys so that he has things to play with, right? But I've learned something about two-year-olds. I've learned something about kids. Hear me. They don't care about the toys you bought them. Couldn't care less. Get them a cardboard box, and they will be happy as anything they've ever been. So I'm just going to start buying his toys from Office Depot and putting those little banker boxes together. You say, Merry Christmas, you know, because he loves boxes. Now, the other side of that is my wife loves Amazon. Anybody understand that language, right? She loves Amazon. It's like a mystery every day. It's like, oh, what is this box for? Oh, my goodness, I don't know. Let's see. And you open it up, and it's like, oh, 
You know what I'm saying? And so, like, we get all these boxes, and it's great, because now I don't have to buy toys for Colin. Because they, 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 they come in all shapes and sizes, and he loves to sit in the box and get pushed around. He loves to sit in the box and get pulled around. He loves to push you around in the box, right? He loves to put things in the box and then throw the box and then beat everything up with the box, right? There's several boxes that I've tried to sit in that I've broken apart at the seams because, after all, when a two-year-old tells you to sit in a box so he can push you, you sit in a box so he can push you. And, and, and here's the thing that, I, that you know and I know about boxes. Boxes come in all shapes and sizes, right? Why? Because of what has to go in the box. So a refrigerator box is clearly going to be bigger than a, than a microwave box. And a microwave box will be bigger than a box that a book comes in. And, and, and book, uh, you know, a box that a book comes in is going to be bigger than a box that a toothbrush comes in. It, it depends. The box is determined. The size of the box is determined by what? What's on the inside of the box. And what I want to tell you today is that maybe, or not maybe, definitely the way to get the most out of 2020 is to understand that your box is your box and it's nobody else's box. Your call is your call and it's nobody else's call. Your call is going to look different. It shouldn't look the same as everybody else's. Your upbringing has been different. Your teaching has been different. Your experiences have been different. So the box and the call should look different. We, we, uh, what, what can happen a lot of times is we can look at our box and compare it to everybody else's box and ask, why does our box not look like that? And God's going, because I didn't call you to the same thing. What's on the inside of your box is not the same as what's on the inside of theirs. Come on, somebody in the chat, put some emojis in there, make some noise in the room. Let me know you are here. <clears throat> and I would like to submit <clears throat> that maybe the reason 2020 has been so hard for some of us is because we've been trying to live outside of our box when honestly, God doesn't want us to do that. God actually wants us to go, what's in my box? And let me be a part of what you've called me to be a part of, God. I want to go to Genesis chapter 1 today. Genesis chapter 1. Familiar story. A story that, if we're not careful, we can, we can look past a lot of the meaning of. But Genesis chapter 1, God has spoken the waters. He's spoken the light, light and the darkness. He's, he's spoken everything into existence from nothing, right? And he's created man, and this is where we're at. Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 through 30. It says this. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Verse 28. God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. This is where we start seeing what the box looks like for Adam and Eve. God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth. Subdue it. And rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Then God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of all the earth and every free, uh, tree uh, which has fruit yielding seed. It shall be for you. Verse 30. And to every burst, I can't talk, every beast of the earth and to every bird of the sky and to everything that moves on the earth which has life. I have given every green plant for food and it was so. So if we're not careful, what happens is we read this in uh, growing up in Sunday school or we read this to our kids so that they know, you know, that, that God had a hand in creating the earth. He created the earth and, and we talk about it and we have those conversations, but we actually can miss 
the part to where God is giving them their box. God is giving them their purpose. God is looking at them and saying, hey, in your box, Adam, in your box, Eve, this is what you're going to be about. I need you to be fruitful. I need you to multiply. So here's your purpose right here in the box. Hey, I need you to subdue and rule over the land. There you go, in the box, right? You are uh, have dominion over every beast of the earth and every bird of the sky right here in your box. And so he's telling them what they're about. And you know the story. The story is that they, they live their life and then they eat something from a tree and they get banned from the Garden of Eden, right? And we can look at it and go, man, that tree was evil. No, 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 no. Let's see, because it's not the tree that got them in trouble. It was the lack of, watch this, obedience. Because the proof of love is commitment and obedience. I need you to hear that. The proof of love is commitment and obedience. Watch this. In chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, it says this. Then the Lord God took man. So he created him. It says he took them, man, then, and put them into the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. In other words, God put them in their box and said, I need you to work at this. He didn't say, I need you to go outside of the garden and work on that. I need you to work on that. Sometimes we can worry more about working on somebody else's box than we can working on our own box. Sometimes we can worry more about everybody else's garden than we can our own. The grass is always greener on the other side. No, the grass is greener where you water it. Come on, somebody. The truth is we got to learn that when he puts us in our box, our job is to work it. It's not to sit there and go, oh, thank you, God. I appreciate that. I hope it turns into something. No. God, what do you want me to do with this? You gave me a talent. You gave me breath. You gave me ability. You gave me knowledge. You gave me wisdom. You gave me voices in my life. You gave me a church. You gave me a job. You gave me finances. You gave me all these things, God. So now I need to work it. I need to cultivate it and keep it. Let's keep going. Verse 16 says this. The Lord God commanded the man, saying, from any tree of the garden... You may eat freely. Man, this is good. But from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. <clears throat> For in the day that you eat from it, you will surely die. Now, if we read that and we coast over it and we just want the surface knowledge, we'll look at it and go, man, they ate from the tree, and that's why they were banned from the Garden of Eden. No, 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 no. has nothing to do with that because, watch this, the translation good and evil, it's not that it's a bad translation. It's just not the most uh, uh, probably telling translation. The translation is actually the words tov and ra. Here's what that means. Good and bad. Not good and evil. Watch this. He looked at him. He said, he said, Adam and Eve, here's your box. It's called the Garden of Eden. I need you to work your box. I need you to cultivate your box. I need you to keep your box. I need you to, all the seeds that are planted in the ground. I need you to help them grow. All the, all, the, all the plants that are there, help take care of them. All the animals, Adam, that you just named. Hey, there's Mr. Giraffe over there. Help take care of him. The bison burger that you want to make. Hey, take care of that. Like, the truth is, here's your box. You can do whatever you want inside the box, but the box is what you work. And then he said, but outside of your box, Adam, outside of your box, Eve, is inside is Eden, outside is this tree. One tree. You can have everything in the box, but you don't need this. And here's, the, here's why it's important to know the, the actual translation. The tree is not, it is not evil. The tree is not even bad. In fact, it says that whenever Eve looked at the tree, that it was good and pleasing to the eye, and that the fruit even tasted good. We can believe that. The truth is, watch this, watch this. 
There is nothing wrong with the tree. There's nothing wrong with the fruit. It's all in the fact that it's not in their box that makes it bad. And so when they break the obedience and they say, God, what's in my box is no longer good enough for me. God, what you've given me, the Garden of Eden, you gave me everything but that tree, and I'm so consumed by what I can't have, what you now gave me is not good enough. Come on, somebody. Isn't that what we do in marriages? Come on, let's be real. God, you gave me a, a loving wife that I fell in love with and that I love, but that one over there. And I start desiring what's not in the box. And when it's not in the box and I desire it, I now look at God and say, what you gave me isn't enough, so I will create my own destiny. I'll put what I want in the box. But see, isn't love tested by obedience and commitment? See, some people would challenge this, and I understand it. They'd say, well, if God wanted them to succeed in the garden, why did he put the tree there to begin with? Because it's not love if it's forced. Love is a choice. You don't actually love somebody if you have to. You love somebody because you get to. You obey them. You listen to them. You take on their thoughts. You take on their uh, 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 preferences. You know what I'm saying? Like, if my wife likes French vanilla creamer in her coffee, or let's just say coffee, a little bit of coffee with her French vanilla creamer, but I don't want her to like that. It's not up to me to change that. That's her. I love her, so I'll go to that. That's a dumb illustration, but it proves the point. If we love God, we got to look and go, hey, God, <laughs> I know what you put in my box, and I'm going to be okay with what you put in my box. I'm not going to look outside of my box. I'm not going to care outside of my box. I'm not going to cultivate outside of my box. Some of us, the problem is, is we look at everybody else's box and try to make their box better than ours. Y'all, come on now. That's what social media has done. Social media has done this thing to where, well, my box just isn't good enough anymore. I don't get enough likes. I'm not, I don't get viral videos. I don't like this. I don't like that. I can't share this. I can't share that. And the truth is, is that what's in my box may have nothing to do with that. And here's, watch this on social media. You're not seeing behind the scenes. You're only seeing highlights. You're only seeing highlights. It took them 74 pictures to get that family picture just right. The box that you want is a box that is a facade. It's a mask. It's not real. It's fake. Here, watch me. If I learn how to love my box, and I go, all right, God, I may not have the $100,000 salary yet, but I'm going to take care of what I got. I'm going to budget what I got. Hey, God, my marriage may be in a mess right now, but it's in my box, and I'm going to take care of my box. I'm going to stop looking at everything outside of the box. See, I, here's what I love. Watch this. I love in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. Paul is writing to the church of Philippi and he makes this statement. He says, work out your own salvation. Work out your own salvation. In other words, he's saying, hey, Philippi, worry about your call. Worry about the people you're called to reach. Worry about everybody under your care. And, and, and some people take that and go, well, then I shouldn't talk to anybody about what they need to do right. No, 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 no. We don't call people out, but we do need to call people up. We need to look at people and go, hey, there's more in you than what you know. I love you no matter what. I'm going to be your friend no matter what. But the truth is, what's in your box is more important than what you're doing right now. Because there's another one that says this in 1 Samuel chapter 15. It says, obedience is better than sacrifice. Some of us sacrifice things that we were never called to sacrifice because we think it makes God proud. God, because watch this. 
If I've got influence in my box, if I've got all this, sometimes I can sacrifice. Oh, you know what, God? I'm going to sacrifice my influence today in the name of the Lord. I've got to get my opinion out there on Facebook. Because if I don't, my opinion is more important than your truth, God. And I've got to get my opinion out there. And if I get my opinion out there, it'll sway all kinds of things. God, I need to know people what, what candidate. They need to know what candidate I'm, I'm voting for, even though they don't know what kingdom I attribute to. I know, it's quiet. We don't talk. Don't talk about politics. Don't talk about that. Somebody needs to. Because for some people, I know more about who you're voting for and your political stance than I do the faith that you have in the Jesus that died on a cross and the God that woke you up this morning and brought you into, into this world. We can't say, oh God, you know what, God, I gotta, I gotta sacrifice this because God, hey God, I gotta, I gotta sacrifice my reputation simply because if I don't call them out on Facebook, nobody else will They'll sacrifice it. You know, there's some things that are just not in anybody's box. There's some, like, there's some things that aren't bad. Social media is not bad. Opinions aren't bad. You know, like, some things aren't bad. It's all in, should I sacrifice what's in my box for that? Like, there's some things that just, like, if you want, hear me, if you're a young adult or if you're a teenager in the room, if you want a, a marriage that is blessed by God and, and in the box of what God's called, how about follow his rules for that stuff? Stay out of the bed together and, like, wait till you get married and make that a special moment because that's what God asks, right? You won't bless, I know, it's quiet, y'all like, hmm, politics and the S-E-X, we don't, I can't believe him. That man. See, and we got all that. Like, and then it is, hey, if you want, here, watch this. If you want finances in the box that are blessed by God, guess what? You probably need to steward it. And you probably need to stop saying, hey, God, I'm going to sacrifice my box today because I need the tithe in my pocket. So, God, I'm going to rob you for my benefit. Hey, hey, God, and, and let, me, let, me, let, me, let me say this one. You know what else sitting in the box that I think all of us really need to hear today? Sowing discord with the children of God and the family of God and the people of God. Sowing discord isn't in your box. If you walked in today talking about somebody, you probably need to go repent because it ain't in the box. It ain't in nobody's box. Talking about somebody, praying for somebody ain't bad. But stop, stop blaming prayer on gossip. I'm going to pray for them. No, you ain't. You're telling 15 people whenever you're waiting to get your hair cut somewhere or you're waiting at the, at the food line, you're telling 15 people somebody's business that ain't got nothing to do with them. Are you getting on Facebook? Hey, if you walk, can I just be, I'm just in a mood today. I'm in a good mood, actually. I'm good, but like, I just get tired of, of watching, hearing my friends call me. Man, this guy got on Facebook and said this about me. You, can I just tell you, if you're sowing discord in the church, can I tell you that ain't in your box and you probably need to repent for that because all you're doing is causing division in the kingdom of God and God loves his church and his children and he don't want anything to come between them and we probably need to pay attention to that. If you're here today and you have a problem with your previous church and you've already told somebody about that, can I ask you to do something? Just ask God to forgive you for that because that's not in your box. It's just not. You're not going to agree with everything everywhere for everybody. That's okay. Why? My box is different than your box, Ryan. Shaniqua, my box is different than yours. 
My box is different than yours, Andrew. My box is different than yours, Yvonne. The truth of the matter is, my box is my box. It ain't your box. Your box ain't my box. I'm not held accountable for your box, but I can help make your box better. Is, any, is this helping anybody today? I just felt like I needed to lean into this today. Because we're in a climate to where we care about everybody else's box but ours. We're in a climate to where if your box doesn't look like I think your box should look, I'm going to tell everybody in the world but you. Come on, somebody. And the truth is, I just believe this, because I've learned this. If I learn to steward my box, and I learn that there's things that are okay in the world, but they're not in my box and I need to stay away from them, some of you, it's not that alcohol's evil that you need to stay away from. It's that you can't get near it because you can't over, you can't not overindulge. It ain't in your box. Come on, somebody. Y'all like, he thought about that, politics and alcohol and marital things. <laughs> That's right. Man, I'm not. Like, I'm not trying to make fun, but somebody at some point's got to look at us and go, it's, we got to learn to live in our box. What has God called you to do? What's in your box? Where's it at? What does God want for you? It's not good and evil. It's good and bad. I, I, so how do we, how do we do this? How do we live in the box? How do we live in the box? I love a scripture that I've referenced many times, uh, especially in the Define the Line series that we came out of in the summer talking about consumers versus contributors. And it's Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. It's going to pop up on the screen. I, I hope you can see it online. It says this, Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, and it says, uh, Paul writes it this way. He says, I implore, or in other words, I beg you. If you're a prisoner of the Lord, if you are committed and chained and shackled to Jesus, I, I, I implore you, I beg you to walk in a manner, watch this, worthy of the calling with which you've been called. Man, worthy of the calling with which you've been called. Watch this. Not worthy of the calling that you are currently living out, but worthy of the calling that you are heading to. In other words, live and walk in a way that's above your head. Watch this. The CEO or the owner of Ford, if you went and bought a brand new Ford Explorer today, guess what? He's not walking out on that sales floor to sell you a car. Do you know why? Because he ain't worried about that sale. He's worried about the next line of cars that's coming out. And he's worried about the quarterly report. And he's worried about his, his employees. And he's worried about his vice president. And he's worried about this. And he's worried about that. And he's meeting with other people to figure out how to get it better. Why? Because he's got to live according to the role in which he currently has and where he's going. Most of us, what happens, and here's the hang up. A lot of us believe God's called us to something big, but we still live in a mindset that's small. We're not living according to where we're going. We're living according to where we've been. We still think about our pa think in our past while we're trying to live in our future. And I cannot live in a place where my mind has not caught up to. Come on. I can't talk about, hey, God, I really want you to bless this church. I really want you to bless my life group. I really want you to bless my family. But I'm not living according to that call. I'm not living at a higher status. I'm not praying at a higher status. I'm not fasting at a higher status. I'm not get, I can't ask God to bless my finances at 100,000 whenever I'm not even tithing at 100. 
Come on. Somebody. It's a matter of where do we want to be. And then, and then in Colossians chapter 1, verse 10, the same author makes this statement. Watch this. So walk in a manner, uh, a manner worthy of your calling. Then he says, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Can I tell you, watch this. They're one and the same. Do you know what the Lord wants for your life? Some of you are like, well, I'm praying about that. What job he wants me to take. Sometimes he just wants you to take a job and just glorify him there. It ain't about the right or the wrong job. It's about a job. Take the job and glorify God. If we're walking in a manner worthy of the calling with which we've been called, watch this, I should also be walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. If my life is not lining up with my talk, if my walk doesn't match my talk, I'm not doing this. So what does that mean? That means, God, what do you have in my box? I want to glorify you with what's in here. I want to live out what you've put in my box. Whatever you've given me, I want to do my best with it. That's how we live inside the box. Because here's the thing, right? 2020 hadn't given us much, has it? Gave us COVID. Wish I could kick COVID in the teeth. Gave us COVID. It, it, it gave us financial problems. It gave some of us uh, layoffs. But you know what I think COVID really gave us? The ability to slow down enough to stop looking at everybody else's box and to stop looking at what's outside of my box and going, this is in my box. Because watch this, watch this. You got to catch this or else you'll miss the whole thing. If I worry more about what's outside of my box than what's in it, I'm telling God he didn't do a good enough job. Hey, God, that, that ain't good enough. That ain't what I was looking for, God. That ain't good enough. Hey, God, if you'd have put the box in my hands, I'd have made it right. And God goes, I think God would say this. No, you'd have made yourself happy for about a month. I'm trying to make you holy and effective. Holy and righteous before me. What's in our box? Here's what I love, right? Here's what I love. <laughs> Luke chapter 16 verses 10 through 12 says this he who is faithful in a very little thing is faithful also in much and he who is unrighteous in a very little thing is unrighteous also in much verse 11 therefore if you have not been faithful in the use of unrighteous wealth who will entrust the true riches to you verse 12 and if you have not been faithful in the use of that which is another's who will give that who will give you that which is your own here's what that's saying watch this what you do with a little comes out and when you have much what you do when nobody sees comes out when everybody sees what you do with a hundred will come out when there's ten thousand all of that happens because maybe we're praying for something we can't even steward to begin with god will not put something on you that will break you so maybe the blessing maybe the expansion of the box has nothing to do with the fact that he doesn't want to give it. Maybe it's the fact that we haven't even learned how to take care of what he has given. Follow me today. What's in the box? Because here's what that scripture teaches me. That if I'm faithful with what he's given me. If I'm faithful whenever Radiate Church starts with four people in a little 20 by 20 room with 25 chairs set up. If I'm faithful in an elementary school with 500 people and then COVID hits and 
all this stuff changes. If I'm faithful with the job I have, if I'm faithful with the coworkers I get, if I'm faithful with the students I get to teach, if I'm faithful with the boss I have, if I'm faithful, he'll see me able to expand the box. And here's the question I want to give you, because here's the truth. Maybe, maybe the box expands, but hear me today. What if it doesn't? I want to ask a really hard question to you online and to you in person. What if God never gives you more than what he's already given you? Would you still love him? That's the real question here. Would I still stand up? Because here's the thing, whenever I don't worship because I don't like the song, it's the same thing as saying, God, you need to give me more comfort. Hey, God, I don't want to pray to you because you didn't answer the last prayer. What if he doesn't answer another prayer? Do you still love him? What if you never get the $200,000 a year job? Do you still love him? What if COVID never goes away? Is he still God? Yes. But those are the questions. Am I okay saying what's in my box is different than what's in your box, and I'm okay with that? But what's in my box, I'm going to work, man. I'm going to work it. See, last thing. Pastor Mark's up here playing beautifully. It just sets the tone. So good. I can never play the piano like that. I might could take lessons and I might could get close, but that's not in my box. What if I spend my entire life, watch this, what if we spend our entire lives trying to excel at things that are outside of our box? And then we get to where he goes, but what about what I did give you? You spent your whole life wishing for something more and getting better at that. And I blessed you with a great family, a great job, a great spouse, a great church, great people, great friends, a community to reach, people to pray for, invites to give out. You never did any of that. You just wanted to go over here. Will you stand to your feet with me today? Worship team's going to come back up because our response today, online and in person, is this. It's worship. I believe worship is a response to who God is. Worship is our opportunity to go, God, I don't care about anything else. If I get anything else or if I don't, my hands are up because I love you. My voice is loud because I love you. But every week I want to give an opportunity for somebody to meet Jesus. And can I celebrate that one person in the 930 service already gave their life to Jesus this morning and prayed that prayer. That is what it's about. Let me ask you this question with eyes closed and head bowed. Is there anybody in the room that would say, Pastor, I, I heard you, Brandon, I heard you talk about Jesus and God in a way like never before. And I just, the first step to the box for me is I need to give him my heart. I need to ask for forgiveness and give him my life and live with him and for him for eternity. And I want to, to start today through a prayer because the Bible says if I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord and he died for my sins, I shall be saved. That's you today. Would you throw your hand up right where you are if you're ready to pray that? Ready to pray that. Amen. I just want you to repeat after me. If that's you, just dear Jesus, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you everything. Thank you 
for dying on the cross for my sin and my mess up. Thank you for redeeming my future. And thank you for making room for me in the family of God through the sacrifice of your life. I love you. In your name, amen. Can we put our hands together for somebody online and in person that gave their life to Jesus today? We're believing that somebody has given their life. Now, we believe worship is a response. And here's my thing. During this time, we're going to pray. I mean, worship. We're going to sing another song. And here's what I want us to do. Just, just in our hearts, go, God, I give you my box. I worship in the midst of everything going on in the world. I'm not worried about what's outside of the box. I'm not worried about anything else. I just want to do what you've called me to do. I want to, I want to steward what you've given me. I want to love who you've given me. I just want to live inside my box and I worship you because I know that you're holy. I know that you are good. Come on, church. Right now, would you just throw your hands in the air? Father, we worship you. We give you all that we have today. Right in your living room, just throw your hands in the air. Don't be ashamed. We just give you all that we have as a symbolic nature of submission and love to you. We throw our hands in the air and we return our voice back to you right now in song, in worship, because we love you, Father. Come on, church, let's worship.